0: a favor, look at the person next to you across the aisle and wave at them. That's our handshake now. Just wave at somebody this morning.
1: How great the chasm that lay between us How high the mountain Good. i found Sing that again. Then came the morning that sealed the promise.
0: That needs a breakthrough. And Maybe you've gone through something and you're like, where are you, God? Where are you? Let me tell you right now, he's in the midst of it all. He knew before what you were going to go through and he knows what it's going to look like afterwards. If you need a touch from God this morning, I encourage you to come down front. Lay your face on the altar and pour out yourself to him. He will meet you right where you are. Whether it's up front or right where you're standing, church, we're going to continue to seek Him this morning. Because even when I don't see it, you're working. Sing that out.
2: Even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop, never stop working. You never stop, never stop working. Even Even when when I don't see it, it, you're working. You never stop working. You never stop, you never stop working. Even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop, never stop working. You never stop, never stop working.
0: God, we are so thankful this morning that we don't have to have it all together. you don't expect us to come to you perfectly but you expect us to come broken because you'll take those pieces and put them back together somebody needs to hear that this morning you don't have to come to God with everything worked out you'll take those broken pieces and put them back together Help us to cling to that truth this morning, Lord, that in the middle of all the chaos that's surrounding us, you are God and you're good. You have everything worked out for our good and for your glory. We love you. Help us to continue to seek your face this morning. And we pray this in the mighty, mighty name of Jesus. And everybody in this place said together, Amen. Can we give God a hand this morning? Amen.
3: How many are thankful that he's working when we don't see it? There's been so many times that um, you go through something and you think, God, where are you? And that song, there's been times that that I've driven in my car and I've just put that on repeat because the part that says that, that he's there in the midst he's there in the midst of your circumstance. He's there in the midst of your situation. And even though you don't see him, he's still working. And even when it looks like that he's not, he's still working. And he's working all things together for our good. I'm so thankful for that we serve a God who cares and a God who's always working. Can somebody say amen? Amen. So we're going to start a series this week And uh, we're going to talk about a better life. Now, I want to start by asking you a question. How many people like chips, salsa, and queso? Anybody like that? You go to the Mexican restaurant. I love going over to to Casa Grande. And you sit down, and they bring out these, and they're always fresh. And they bring out these chips, and and you sit down, and you begin to eat those. and, And they taste so good, partly because they're free. Now, the queso, that costs you a little bit more. But if you just do chips and salsa, it's free. So not too long ago, we were going to eat with someone, and uh, which uh, uh, we love to do. And we're going to, to to the restaurant. And we're driving there, and the person that, that's going with us says, Hey, have you ever had flour chips? Now, me, I'm thinking, what in the world is he talking about? You know, when he says from Eastern Kentucky, he says, flower, I'm thinking like, you know, roses, uh, daisies, uh, that kind of thing. Uh, No, he's talking about flower chips, the thing that you bake with. And I said, no, what is that? And so he started trying to explain them to me on this ride to the restaurant, but I had no idea what what he was talking about. But then he he said something that really caught my attention. He said, now, these flower chips, they cost a little bit more. And I'm thinking, well, if this is free and they cost, yes, they cost more. But they're worth the upgrade from the normal chips. Now, I'm just going to be honest. He lost me at the they cost more part. But, I mean, why would I pay for something when I could get something that's good for free? So we go in the restaurant. We sit down. They bring me the chips. I begin to dig in on these Free chips. And he looks at the, the the server and he says, Bring us some flower chips. Now I didn't look up from my plate because I was afraid if I made eye contact with this server, they would end up on my bill. At that point, I think I said, Now these are two separate tickets. So they bring out these flower chips. And I'm just eating my chips because I'm afraid if I reach for one without asking, that I'll end up at least paying for half of them. Budget. But he looks at me and says, you have to try one of these. So I was hesitant, but with reluctancy I gave in. And I said, I'll try one. And I took this flower chip. Anybody anybody ever had them? Let me tell you, they will change your life. I mean, here all this time I've been going to, to Mexican restaurants and eating, and eating just regular chips. But from that moment, the next time that I went, I couldn't even remember the name of them. We were headed to the restaurant, and it's all I could think about was these chips. I had to message him and say, hey, what was the name of those chips that we got? He said, "Flour chips. And so in that moment, I, I realized that all of this time I had been settling for something that was good. But all that time, there was an, a chance, an opportunity, something before me that was better. Everybody say, better. How many people would say that you would like for your life to be better? Anybody? Of course. Even if your life is good. Even if you're in a situation, you say, Pastor, your life is good right now. We could always strive for better. I mean, well, why wouldn't we want Our life to be better. Uh, The problem is is that in today's society, and for many of us, we are pursuing what we call the good life. Uh, We're pursuing nice things, we're pursuing comfort, convenience, uh, fun, and there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with those things as long as God still has all of your heart, as long as none of those things come before Him. But here's what happens we're striving for good. But then we end up settling for good. We end up stopping right there. Uh, one pastor put it this way he said, You're going to have to let go of the good to grab a hold of the better. Think about that for a moment. You're going to have to let go of what's good so that you can reach for what is better. We have to stop settling for the good life. We have to stop striving for the good life, why? Because God has something that is so much better for us. So over the next few weeks, we're going to to look at and, and some verses in the Bible that contain the word better because God has something better for us. There is a better life, a better way to live I wanna start by looking in Psalms chapter 84, verse one and two. David writes, How lovely is your dwelling place, Lord Almighty. My soul yearns, even faints for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh cry out for the living God. What is the courts of the Lord? We see in the Old Testament, This represents the presence of God because God would dwell in the temple. So you had the temple, you had the temple courts. People would come to the temple courts so that they could get close to God's presence. They would go there and get as close as they could because they wanted to be in God's presence. And so that leads in verse 10 of Psalm chapter 84 our verse for the day that says, Better is one day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere. I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of the wicked. Better is one day in your courts. Better is one day with God. Now, we hear that, we read that, we see that, we sing that, but there's an issue. And the issue is, is that many times, even as followers of Christ, we may not truly believe it. And if we can't believe it, people in the world definitely have a hard time believing it. We could look at them and say, hey, it's better one day with God. Better being in His temple in his courts many people look at us and say you're crazy why would i want to wake up early on a sunday morning come out in the rain the cold why would i want to to do that why would i i want to follow a bunch of uh, of legalistic rules why would i i want to to live what i would consider a, a miserable life why would i want to walk away from sin which can be fun Can I say that from here? I mean, the Bible says it. In Hebrews chapter 11, when they're talking about Moses, it says that he chose to suffer affliction with the people of God rather than enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. Why would I want to walk away from that? I mean, here's the problem with sin. Someone's described it as like a sneeze. It feels so good coming out, but then there's the effects of it. The slobber, the, the snot goes everywhere. Well, I don't guess it goes now. It just goes in your mask now, right? You got all that junk up in there. But, but some of you may be sitting here today, and you, think, you may be thinking that way, or you know people that's thinking that way. Why would I want to be in the house of God? Why would I want to spend a day with God? You can think of a thousand other places that you would rather be. But my prayer today is is that before you leave, that you will at least entertain the idea that a day with God is just better. You say, Pastor, why is it better? Well, it's better because God's ways are higher than our ways. It's better because his thoughts are higher than our thoughts. It's better because his love is better than life. It's better because with Christ you have forgiveness of your sins and that you, you are separated from your sins in God's eyes as far as the east is from the west. He never holds them against you. A day with God is, is better because you have joy unspeakable and your happiness is, is no longer based on your circumstances or your situations, but it's based on what you have and who you have in you. It's better because no matter what's going on in your life, you can have a supernatural peace that goes beyond anything that you or anyone else could ever comprehend it's better because a day with God means that that you have a a unique and a divine purpose in your life and that when you wake up in the morning you know that before you were born that God knew you and he had a plan for you it's better because you have his provision it's better because he's giving you everything that you need to do everything that he's called you to do. A day with God is just better. Now, what I'm not saying is, is that you will never have trials, and that you'll never have a hard time. What I'm not saying is, is that things will always be easy and that everything is just always going to, to just go the way that you want it there are going to be storms. But the reality is, and the truth is, that I would rather be in the middle of a storm with Jesus in the boat than being on the shore without him. A day with God is better. So this leads us to the question, if better is one day with God, then how do we have a day with him? You say, Pastor, all that sounds good. You, you've made a good case for why a day with God is better, but how do I do that? Now, growing up, and I would answer that question this way, and you may answer it the same way. You say, well, Pastor, if I want to have a day with God, then I need to get up in the morning I need to, to, to put on some, some worship music. I need to grab my Bible. I need to sit down. I begin to, uh, to read and, and maybe have a time of, of worship and prayer with my cup of coffee. And then I get up from there and, and, and I go about my day. Pastor, that's how, you, that's how you have a day with God. Now, that's not totally wrong. That is, that is awesome. That's a great thing and a great way to start your day. But here's where it becomes a problem. The problem is is, is when we think of it in that manner, we say, I have my devotional time, I have my spiritual time. But then after that, I have my normal time. After that, I have the rest of my day. There's a better way to think of it. There's a more biblical way to spend a day with God. You see, a lot of times we compartmentalize our life, And we have our spiritual time and we separate that from the rest of our day. But I believe that, that, that there's evidence to prove that we can have an ongoing, unending awareness of God's presence. And to do that, you must recognize that all day long, all of the time, you have to be aware that God is with you. He's there guiding you. He's there comforting you. He's there convicting you. He's there speaking to you. You don't just have time with God. You can literally do life with God. You see, in the Old Testament, there's no Hebrew word translated as spiritual. And when God created everything, he was a spirit. It says he created it in his image. So everything is spiritual. You you can't call one thing spiritual and another thing not spiritual. You can't have your spiritual time and then think that you get away from it or you separate yourself from it. We talked about in the Old Testament how God would dwell in the temple and the people would, would desire to be in the temple courts to be close to Him. In the Old Testament, you had to go somewhere to be with God. But in the New Testament... For those of us who are following after Christ, uh, the Bible says that in that moment when we receive him, that our bodies, we become the temple of the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit dwells in us. And he is everywhere that we go. So in that moment, we become aware and realize that, that we can literally have an entire day with God. It doesn't end when we close this Bible. It doesn't end when the worship music turns off. He says that he goes everywhere with us. So not only can we now not just have a day with God, not just have a time with God, but we can have a week with God. We can have a month with God. We can have a year with God. We can have an entire lifetime with God because he goes with us. And so when you view it that way, well, when you look at it like that, what was said in, in Colossians chapter 3, verse 17, it says, and whatever you do, you know what the word whatever there means? Anybody want to guess? It means whatever. Whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. When you read that and it says whatever you do, that means driving to work. That means texting your friend. That means when you're going to the store, that means when you're driving in traffic. That means when you're dealing with that aggravating coworker. Whatever you do, give thanks to God. Know that he's with you. Why? Because it's, it's spiritual. You can do all of that with an unending awareness of God's presence in your life. You can literally do life with God. Better is one day with God than a thousand elsewhere. How do we do it? I mean, we live in a time where that everything is competing with living a life with God. There are so many things that are competing for our attention, competing for for our lives. Phones, social media, TV, society in general. I mean, you wake up in the morning with good intentions. You wake up thinking, okay, God, I'm going to do this day with you. But before you know it, the day is over and you've done everything but spend a day with God. Every day of your life, he goes with you. So this morning I wanna give you three uh, habits, three things to have a day with God. And I really believe that if you will incorporate these things into your life, that you will find that you can stop settling for good and you can find what is better. That you can begin to have an ongoing, unending relationship with the God of the universe. The God who loved you enough to send his son to die on the cross for your sin. You can have a relationship with him. You can do life with him. We talked about last week that life is better together. That we need each other. And today we need to understand and realize that we need each other. But it starts with God. Doing life with him. So first... We need to become and have constant communication with God. Constant communication with God. First Thessalonians chapter five uh, in verse 16 and 17, we hear he say two things. The first thing he says, rejoice always. And in verse 17, he says, pray continually. You say, well, pastor, how do I do that? I mean, for a lot of us, we get down to pray and we're there, you know, we think, man, I've been praying for, for an hour. And we look down, it's been like three minutes. And in those three minutes, you've had like 37 different thoughts of, man, I've got to get this done today and that done today. And, and you think, man, and, and, and just, how, Pastor, I, can't, I have a hard time praying for five minutes. How could I pray all day? How could I be in constant communication with Him? How many people have a cell phone? Everybody, everybody? Yeah. How many people you text? Oh, yeah. How many people, that phone never leaves your side? Come on, let's just, confession's good for the soul. How many people even take it to the bathroom? Come on, let's just be honest. That's really TMI, isn't it? I'm sorry, now we know. And I raised my hand, too. You know why I raised my hand? Because I'm one of those people. I'm one of those people. Now, I may miss something. If I'm in the middle of it, but I can promise you that that phone, it it never leaves my side. I just feel, I feel just the universe is not right. But the reason that I have it is because I love being able to communicate all day long with the people that I love. I love to be able to stay in communication with them. How many people would rather have a text message than a phone call? Come on, let's just be honest. How many people, you get a phone call and you love that quick response that says, I can't talk right now? Or you say, hey, I can't talk right now, but what's up? What's going on? Because you you don't have time for a phone call, but you have that time for that text message, that short burst of communication. But because of that device, uh, we are able to stay connected all day long. Anywhere that I'm at, if I want to know what my wife needs from the store, or if I just want to tell her that I love her, if I want to tell her happy birthday like today, if I'm not with her, if she's not right there, I can still talk to her. Short burst of communication. I can yeah, I mean you would be amazed at the number of texts that go in my phone and out of my phone on a daily basis. Maybe you wouldn't be amazed, but it's a lot. But we can update our Facebook status to communicate. Or we can send a a, a Snapchat or a tweet or or, uh, put a picture on Instagram. All of these ways we can communicate in short bursts to keep us connected to people. Now think about that and then think about our communication with God in the same way. I mean, it doesn't have to be, our communication with God does not have to be an hour of spiritual warfare. I mean, it can be, and there are times that that we need that, and thank God for the people uh, that do that on a a continual basis, but it doesn't have to be that way. It, It doesn't have to be, God just bless this meal at the beginning before we eat, and then us saying, now I'll lay me down to sleep before we go to bed. All throughout the day, we can have an ongoing short burst of communication with God. When we get up in the morning, we can say, God, thank you for another day. When we're driving to work, we can say, God, thank you. What, well, how awesome it is that sunrise. God, thank you for, for this job you have provided for me. When that boss is getting on your nerves or that coworker, God, give me the grace to deal with them today. Why? Because he's there. He's listening. He cares. When that person looks like they're hurting, you can say, God, let your spirit work in their life. When that person needs advice, God, give me the words to say. Anything that you can think of, we have to make God a part of our conversation we have to make God a part of our thoughts. And over and over again, we just constantly communicate with him. Constant communication with God. The second thing we need to do is we need to learn to obey him. Instant obedience to God. Constant communication and instant obedience. Galatians chapter 5 verse 25 tells us this, since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. You see, if you're constantly communicating with God, if you're constantly in His Word and and you're aware that He is with you everywhere that you go, you're aware of His presence. You have that line of communication open. You know what's going to begin to happen? God's going to begin to speak to you he's going to be able to, he's going to begin to, to put things in, in your heart why because you have that constant communication you're willing to listen you're willing to, to communicate with him and he's going to and there'll be situations that he might bring words to your mem or verses his word to your memory he's going to speak to you he's going to prompt you to do things And in that moment, you're going to have such a communication and such a relationship with him that when you are prompted to do things, you're just going to do it. You're going to say, God, this doesn't make sense, but I'm going to obey you. God, they may think I'm crazy, but I'm going to obey you. Why? Because he's there. He's with you every step of the way. And he's saying, I want to use you, but you have to be willing to talk to me. You have to be willing to listen to me. We have to have an open channel of communication. And then when I speak to you, you have to act. There was a situation not too long ago that I was, uh, I was in a restaurant and I was reading. A lot of my stories revolve around restaurants. Have you ever, told, ever thought about that? COVID really killed my social life. But I was in a restaurant, and, and I was just there. I was killing some time, and, and I was reading a book, and I had just really started it. And, and the server that was waiting on me came by, and, and they said, hey, is that a good book? And they could see the title. And I said, yeah, it's a, it's a good book. I'm not too far into it, but, but I've heard good things about it. They went away, and as I was sitting there reading it, God said, give it, give them the book. Give them the book. Now, if I wouldn't have been in constant communication with God, I'd have said, God, this book was $15. I'll give them the book, but they ain't getting no tip. Give them the book. So I wrote a little note in it. And... um, it wasn't after their shift. I left it for them. I got a, a message on Facebook that said, I know that God uses you because that book. She said, I just read the back cover. I just read the, what it was about and a little bit of the first chapter, and I can't do anything but cry. It's exactly what I need. In that moment, I didn't care that the book was $15. Why? Because I had been in constant communication with God, and I didn't have to question, God, is this really you? I said, God, you're speaking to me, and I'm going to obey. That's what God wants to do in your life. God wants to use you, not to tear people down, but to build people up. We have constant communication with him and we are willing to obey him without question. The third thing that we need to develop is a daily desperation for him. I mean, let's just be honest. When was the last time that that you looked to the heavens or you were on your knees or that you've even just said in your spirit. You said, God, my soul, it yearns for you. God, my heart, it faints for you, just like the verse that we read. God, I need you more than the air that I breathe. When was the last time that that happened in our lives? Let me tell you why it doesn't happen. Here's why. You develop an appetite for what you feed on. And the best way I can think to explain that is is, is uh, I don't know how long ago it's been but we were at a restaurant. We'll just keep with the theme, okay? We were with the restu- we were at a restaurant and and somebody that was with us had ordered some expensive sushi. Now we're not talking about just the California roll. You know the just the $5 thing. We're talking about the $15. And Reese had never had sushi before. And this person was kind enough. I, maybe they were just doing it as a joke, trying to keep me on the hook for expensive sushi the rest of my life. They said, Reese, you want to try a piece of this? And she took that $15 piece of sushi and she ate it. And from that moment on, Reese, what would you like to have to eat? Sushi? Reese, it's 8 o'clock in the morning. Reese, what would you like to have to eat? Sushi? Sometimes she'll say, or Chick-fil-A. Reese, it's 10 o'clock at night. There ain't no sushi restaurants open. But then sometimes we'll go, almost all the time, and she'll say, can I get that one thing that I had, that Kentucky roll? I think it's all nasty. It's hard enough for me to pay $5 for it. Most of the time, she's getting the sushi out of the frozen section at Aldi. And she says, that's good. I'll eat that. I'll settle for that. But, man, I'd like to have that $15 roll. You know how many times she's got that $15 roll since that person bought it? Never. Never. Because I know that even if she doesn't eat it all, I'm not going to be, I'm getting no benefit from it because I'm not going to eat it. But when she had that, she began to develop an appetite for it. And what happens in our life is that we spend time and our appetite and we feed on things of the world, we feed on the good life. And when we do that, you know what we develop an appetite for? We develop an appetite for what this world has. Can I tell you there's a better way? When you start to seek God and you develop constant communication with Him and you're listening to Him and you're walking and obeying Him, you begin to develop a daily desperation for him. The Bible puts it this way. It says, taste and see that the Lord is good. Just get you a little taste of it. Begin in his word and having a day with him and that will help develop a daily desperation for him that says, God, I can't take another step without your presence. I can't take another step without your blessing. I can't do anything without you. God, I long for you. Just as David wrote in another place, as the deer pants for the water, so my soul thirsts for you in this dry and thirsty land. (coughs) I'm talk myself into it. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Psalm chapter 63, verse 1 through 3 says this. You, God, are my God. Earnestly I seek you. I thirst for you. My whole being longs for you in a dry and parched land where there is no water. I have seen you in the sanctuary and beheld your power and your glory because your love Is better than life. My lips will glorify you. You want to have a daily desperation for him? Begin to communicate with him all day long. Begin to obey him. Start to to feed on him and and get an appetite for things of God. Realize that you, you don't have to settle for simply the good life, that there's something better. You know, a lot of times when we start thinking about the better life, we think, well, the the opposite of that or the opposition to that is is a bad life. But that's not always the case. I believe that a lot of times that the opposition to a better life is a good life because we're willing to settle for where we are. But God said... I have something better. Better is one day in His courts. Better is one day being aware of His presence with every step that we take. His forgiveness, walking in His forgiveness, His grace, His power, His mercy, His presence. It's better if we can stop separating our spiritual time from everything else and realize that everything that we do is spiritual, we can start doing life with God. We can begin having an an intimate and an ongoing, unending relationship with Him. We can become aware of His presence. We can walk. Every step of the way. The Bible tells us that our steps are ordered by him. If I want to get from here to there, I have to take steps. And the Bible tells us that every step that we take, if we will listen, that he will order them. That we won't stray this way, or we won't stray that way, but that He will direct, lead, and guide our steps, our paths. But we have to be aware of His presence. You may be here this morning and say, Pastor, I, I, I have a good life. Things are going well. But after listening to you this morning, I realized that just because things are good, that they can be better. Pastor, I get down and I I pray every day. I read my Bible every day. I have communication with him. Some point during the day, I have my prayer time. I have my prayer closet. Thank God. But my challenge today is is to say, you know what? You can take it one step farther and understand that, that you don't leave God's presence when you close this book. You don't leave God's presence when you turn the radio off. You don't leave God's presence when you finish that last sip of coffee. He goes with you. Everywhere that you go, he dwells in you. And as followers of Christ, that's what the world needs to see. But you know what the world doesn't see? They don't see you here. They don't see you in your prayer time, your spiritual time. They see you during the day. They see you when you're out and about. They see you when you're on your job. They see you when you're in your car. They see you. And if we can understand and realize that the same God that is there with us when we're there in the morning is still with us at 12 o'clock in the day and at 5 o'clock in the evening and at 9 o'clock at night and everything in between, he's there every second of every day. And he wants Communication. He wants obedience and He wants you to be desperate for His presence in, his li- in your life. I'm going to ask you to stand. And here's how we're going to close this service. If you're here today and you say Pastor you've sparked some thoughts in my mind I've never really thought about it that way I mean I know that I'm the the temple and I know that that it tells me that that the spirit dwells in me but there are times that that I have to admit I'm I'm not aware of his presence there are times that that I maybe don't even believe that one day with him is better than a thousand elsewhere And this comes down to an an individual decision that you have to make in your life. That God will speak to you and make you aware of his presence. And that we as individuals and as a congregation, as a group of people, can go out into the world. And when people look at us, they're going to instantly know God dwells in them. You may not think that's possible, but I'm telling you it is. You can be such a witness and have such a way of living your life that, that not only you are aware of the presence of God, but the people around you are aware of it as well. Why? Because you have communication, you have obedience, and you're desperate for Him. So Nick's going to to sing. And it's a it's an older course, but you, you probably know it. And I want you to declare, God, better is one day in your house. Better is one day in your courts than any other place I could be. And then accept the challenge of being aware of His presence every second of every day so that we can make a difference and we can have, not only can we have a better life, but we can help others obtain the same better life that we have. Let's sing.
1: Better is one day in your courts, better is one day in your house, better is one day in your courts than thousands elsewhere. Better is one day in your courts Better is one day in your house Better is one day in your courts thousands elsewhere thousands elsewhere
3: Do you believe what you're singing? Better is one day in your house Better is one day in your courts better is one day with god than anything else anywhere else better is one day i pray that something's been said today that has helped spark some thoughts something in your soul that will change Your life from good to better. We love you. Thank you for being here. Don't forget that that we have life groups. Uh, There's one uh, tonight. There's uh, Monday night. I think Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday morning. Uh, Go to the gate.life and find one of those because we are better together and we're all better together with God. Have a great Sunday. We'll see you soon.
1: Hey, yeah